Hey everyone, this is NBC10 Boston's Countdown to Decision 2022. We're going to be date breaking down the biggest political news leading up to the election. We're 28 days away, and I'm your host, digital reporter Mary Marcos. I'm here with our in-house experts, Allison King and Sue O'Connell. Thanks guys for joining us. Sure. Great to be here. So we're going to start off with the top of the ticket now, the Massachusetts governor's race. We're obviously, NBC10 Boston is hosting the first live televised debate between the two candidates on Wednesday night at seven o'clock right here at the Boston Media Center. Uh, so Sue, Allison, what, let's just start with the basics. What can we, what, bring us up to date on that race? Well, uh, you know, it's a, it's a race for Jeff Deal's uh, life, in my opinion. Polls are showing him behind. As you know, Mary, there's a large number of unenrolled voters in Massachusetts. They make up the majority of the, the, the registered voters in the state. Uh, and then second is Democrats. And then third is Republicans. So what Jeff Deal needs to do in order to win on November 8th is he has to make a compelling case to the unenrolled voters. He has to get all of the Republicans to vote for him, which is... <laughs> could be questionable. He has to get a, a majority of the unenrolled voters to vote for him and Democrats to vote for him. So I think what I'm going to be looking for at our debate is what is the case he's going to make to those unenrolled voters to choose him over Attorney General Moore Healing. And, you know, I'm exactly what Sue said, and, and just holding the candidates accountable to a certain degree, because what happens, the age old situation, you run in the primary, you try to please your base. If you're Republican, it leans conservative. If it's Democratic, you tend to lean more liberal. And then you come into the general election and all of a sudden you have to come back to the middle. And sometimes that requires a little bit of tweaking of those positions that you talked about on the campaign trail. So we, I'm, you know, we'll certainly try to hold people accountable and, um, you know, get to what their real positions are. And Maura Healy didn't have a debate during the primary election because Sonia Chang-Diaz, who was her opponent, dropped out. Um, you know, and I'm not really sure how much debate experience Maura Healy has. Jeff Deal has debated Senator Elizabeth Warren, right? So uh, we'll just see how they bring their debate skills uh, to the stage or to the studio. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that, Sue, because the last time I think Maura Healy had a significant debate was probably Warren Tolman eight years ago. Good point. And eight years ago, she was a first time, had nothing to lose kind of candidate. And she could just kind of speak her mind and just hope for the best. And of course, she won that election. Mm -hmm. She's got a lot more at stake this time around. And I think the pressure is going to be much more intense for her. Mm hmm. What do you guys think people should be thinking about going into this debate? Any su subjects that might come up of better of significance, um, Sue? Yeah, I mean, listen, we, I think this the thing that um, most debate organizers want to do is make sure that we're hitting on the issues um, that are uh, impacting the, the largest numbers of Massachusetts voters. So it's no secret that the things that we cover in the news every single day are the issues that people are going to be caring the most about. Education, the MBTA, uh, abortion rights, um, all the things that are in the news and that Massachusetts voters care about. Right. And then, of course, we try to mix it up a little bit and get to some personal, some things that will tell you a little bit about the person personally um, or just maybe some questions that they might not expect. So that's our challenge to figure out how to get voters to not only know how they feel on the big issues, but, you know, who they are as people in general. And what do you guys expect to come out of the debate? What do you feel like the end result will be? 
Well, I think the end result for us is that this is going to be the first time that our, our, our voters are going to see these two candidates together facing off against each other. It's the first debate. So uh, I think those who may be undecided or those who are maybe just want to get to know each of the candidates better and their positions will come away from it with uh, a more defined point of view on who these candidates are and what they stand for. You know, and there'll be future debates as well. Whatever doesn't get covered in this one certainly will get covered in, in the future. Yeah. And, you know, as Sue has pointed out, Maura Healy is, you know, really a very strong front runner, according to the polls going into this race. She has, in that respect, the luxury of just kind of she wants to hold the line. So typically in, a, in debates like this, you know, the, in, the incumbent or the front runner is someone who wants to just play it safe and get through it and not have any kind of major, um, you know, gaffe. Mm-hmm. For Jeff Deal, it's, you know, it's really, this is a big opportunity for him because he's going to have a national, or excuse me, a statewide office. Uh, excuse, I'm going to get ahead of yourself. <laughs> a statewide audience um, watching. And he has an opportunity to stir things up and, and, bring his numbers up. He wants to bring Maura Healy down. He wants to raise himself up. So, you know, it's it's almost like the, the onus is on him to kind of show us what you got and, um, you know, stir it up a little and see where he takes it. You know, if Mary, he, I'm always... I'm always through, if he comes out at the end in the same place he goes in, that's not going to really particularly help him. Sorry. Right. It, it, no, it always reminds me of the Muhammad Ali, you know, rope-a-dope you know, it's it's and this is sort of where Michelle Wu was when she was running, uh, especially in the primary. If you're ahead, you just don't want to make any mistakes and you want to hope to to tire out your opponent. And, and that may be. But at the same point, you need to especially uh, at this moment, you need to energize your base. Both candidates do to make sure that your base shows up to vote. Um, so you both have to not make any mistakes on on uh, Moore's Healy's front deals front. You're going to make some hay. And at the same point time, keep your your base together that they'll get out to vote. And you guys talked about, you know, how long it's been and, and how much experience each candidate has with debate with debates in general. So I guess based on that, what do you know about their styles? And I guess how does that shape how you're thinking about how this is going to go? Well, I mean, you know, it. I will say Jeff Deal, um, when, when Jeff Deal debated Elizabeth Warren in 2018, I thought, wow, that's, that's a tough one for Jeff Deal because he's not a practiced, experienced debater that, you know, he didn't have a record of that anyway. And he would be the first to tell you that, I think. And then he was going up against someone who was one of the known, I think she won a scholarship to college based on her debate debates, right? So I thought, wow, this could be interesting. And that, you know, I'd be sort of intimidated doing that. Well, and as I recall, you know, a lot of people went in thinking Jeff Deal might get crushed. And he, Jeff Deal came out the other end and he did not get crushed. He, he made it through that. So I think that he will come in well prepared. He'll have his talking points. He'll have the major, you know, he, he's going to want to paint Maura Healy as a liberal who's going to try to pull the state very far to the left. And, you know, we'll see how effective he can be at doing that. And Maura Healy, you know, I think we'll hear her mention Charlie Baker a time or two and how she respects the way he's done this and she intends to continue in the vein of Charlie Charlie Baker. We'll see how that works. You know, and if you wanted to do a bingo card or a drinking game for this debate, you know, how many times is uh, Jeff Deal going to try and call Moore Healy an extremist, a radical, a progressive, which I would say 
that many of the progressives in Massachusetts would think that was somewhat laughable, her being portrayed that way. And at the same time, how often is Maura Healy going to mention Donald Trump and Jeff Deal's association with Donald Trump and, is, and try to portray him as someone who is firmly in Trump's camp, which I think is, it's pretty safe to say that he is. So, um, you know, their job is going to be to try and insert themselves into the conversations to make sure that they're getting their case in front. And, you know, to, to Allison's point, Jeff Deal is very nice and he's very friendly. Uh, I've interviewed him a number of times and Allison certainly more. He's always been approachable and easy to talk to. He's good on television. He's good in front of a crowd. More Healy is the same, but at the same time, she's also a lawyer. And sometimes that's a bit of a challenge for a lawyer when they get into this arena, because the last thing most people want to do is be, um, you know, looking down the, the, the face of a lawyer, because it's never really good news for you when you're in front of a lawyer. So she's going to have to kind of temper that a little bit. Um, you know, interesting point, Mary, attorney general in recent history has never made it uh, when they run for governor to the office. A lot of theories on why that might be, but I think part of it might be because they are the state's number one uh, law officer. They're, they're in charge of our, our protecting us and law enforcement. So um, I think Maura Healy may have to temper that just a little bit. Okay, that's super interesting. Why do you think that is, that, that, that the no, no attorney general has made it yet? What do you think, Allison? We've had a variety of them. It's not well, just yes. The attorney general's job is often to lower the boom on people, and yeah. often people in government and in politics, and they don't always make friends doing that. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's just been a perennial problem. I think that you know you'd have to go back to the 1940s to find someone who did actually win, and so you know we'll see if Maura Healy can break that curse, as they yeah. say. But uh, I mean, I, I, I had the great pleasure of, uh, don't tell anyone this, but uh, volunteering on Tom Riley's campaign uh, way back when Tom Riley was a t uh, uh, the state's attorney general running for governor. And we would often tell him that he needed to smile more and try and look a little bit more approachable. And as Tom said to us uh, in front of a crowd of people, so I'm not talking out of school, he said, usually when people see me, I'm delivering bad news. Ah. Right? You know, if I've shown up, there's been a terrible crime or something terrible has happened. So, you know, I'm not going to change my whole uh, demeanor just because I'm running for office. But of course, he didn't win. So right. oh, he did win. Did he win? And Tom, well, no, Tom Riley uh, lost to Deval Patrick. Oh, right, right. To Deval Patrick as governor, right. So what do you guys think will be some things without, you know, giving up too much or if the candidates happen to watch this, like giving them a cheat sheet before the <laughs> well, debate? Like, my book. Here, hold on. <laughs> they call me right now. Maybe I can... Uh, no. <laughs> they can write some notes on their hands. Um, what What do you think are some subjects that you think each individual candidate should be held accountable on or questioned on? Anything in particular? Maybe give us just one or whatever. Whatever you can share about what you think about what each candidate needs to be pressed on or asked about or something important that you know I will about. say we're not we're you know we really don't want to tip our hand at the candidates here on this so I'm yeah. a little bit I'm a little bit uncertain about what I should say about that well, people can just tune in on Wednesday. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I would say, listen, if they don't have the answer to a question that's being asked asked of them in this debate, then they probably shouldn't be running for governor. I mean, uh, there's no secret sauce here. Uh, these are all issues that people are caring about in the Commonwealth. Um, and um, they've certainly spoken to, uh, on the issue of most of them. 
our job is just to make sure that we're able to both, as Allison said, hold them accountable and in some ways give them a platform to show their stuff. Absolutely. Anything else important for me or for our listeners to know about the debate about the gubernatorial race that I didn't ask? I mean, one thing that I think is kind of interesting, I don't think we touched on this, um, is that our, a lot of this is super viewer driven. Yeah. So we've asked viewers to weigh in on what their concerns are and what they what they would like to ask the governor's candidates. Um, and so in that respect, we're really, you know, I mean, obviously, as Sue pointed out, you want to get on the big issues of the day and what, you know, all you have to do is look at a Globe headlines or an NBC Boston headline or whatever, and you'll get an idea of what is out there. But um, yeah, I think that's part of, uh, you know, what we're trying to do too, so. Sue? Yeah, every every question I think that we ask is is backed up by a viewer email or someone who sent us a question on Twitter. So uh, we're just trying to represent uh, the best of the best when it comes to that. Well, that's really exciting, I think, for for our viewers. And, and, and again, that debate is on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock here at the Boston Media Center. And both of you are going to be doing um, post-debate analysis. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And Corey uh, Smith is going to be joining us as well. And we'll have some experts that will come in and sit on both sides, all around the spectrum of Massachusetts politics to give us their 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 immediate reaction to how they think the candidates did. Okay, great. And we will have that as well uh, when, when this podcast comes out, when this show comes out again on Thursday morning, we will have that analysis for you guys who are who are listening in and watching. Um, I just want to move on now to, I'm going to ask you each for one local and one national story that you're paying attention to and why you find it particularly interesting or significant to bring up. So um, we'll start with local. Allison, anything, what, what are you looking at right now? What, what's sticking out to you locally? Well, I mean, obviously we've been covering all the races um, in the state, but I will say in our viewing area, um, some of the races that are rising to the top for me are, are coming out of New Hampshire. Um, and that is the super close and interesting U.S. Senate race between Maggie Cassin and Don Bolduck, um, which has polled, according to some polls I've seen, it's a little bit closer than if I'd want it to be if I were incumbent Maggie Hassan. Um, and the other races, uh, first district, Chris Pappas versus Caroline Levitt. Chris Pappas, the incumbent, Caroline Levitt, a 25-year-old, real, you know, firecracker. This woman is extremely knowledgeable, competent. Um, she's a very strong Trump supporter. Um, she is going to give Pappas a run, is giving him a run for his money. And uh, both of those really interesting races, you know, of course, New Hampshire being such a very purple state, um, the, the races do get much, much closer than they sometimes do here in Massachusetts, where the Democrat, you know, there are those who say, oh, the primary's over. We know who our candidates are, which is, of course, not fair because there's a whole entire general election to come up. But the Republicans historically have not done as well in those races. So um, I've got my eye up on New Hampshire as well. <laughs> Great. Sue, so what do you think? What are you looking at right now? Listen, I'm all excited about the ballot questions in Massachusetts now that we can finally pay attention to them. Um, you know, there's four of them. Uh, they don't have a primary, so we don't talk about them before the primary until we get to the general. Right. The first is the millionaire's tax, uh, and certainly you can see tons of ads. I would urge people to actually uh, go to uh, a source to find out who's behind these questions 
and learn before you get into the ballot box how you're going to vote because sometimes the way they're worded is confusing and you're not sure if you're for it or against it even if you are for it and against mm -hmm. it and mm -hmm. also um you know the idea of these ballot questions is for the people of massachusetts to force <laughs> the lawmakers to do what they think they haven't done uh you know something like um uh, sports betting uh, and legalizing marijuana didn't come from the state house and the lawmakers came from the people. But who is behind the, the questions? Well, there's usually big money behind the questions, uh, special interest groups. So you want to look behind each question to see who's paying for it, why they're paying for it, what it says, what you think the impact's going to be, and then make up your mind how you want to vote for it. So question one, the fair share amendment or millionaire's tax. Question two, this one is fascinating and we could do Mary, a, like a five hour uh, podcast on the regulation of dental insurance. Yeah. Uh, this has a really fascinating backstory on it. Mm -hmm. um, question three, expanding the uh, happy hour, the alcohol licensing availability used to be something that restaurants and bars wanted. Many of them don't now. So why are we voting on it? Uh, and the fourth one, of course, is the driver's licenses for undocumented uh, immigrants, which is you know, going to be a very big issue uh, in the governor's race as well as across the state. But I'm glad we could start talking about these these uh, these questions now. <laughs> Because oh, yeah. you hit all four of them. I'm, I'm very impressed. Yeah, that was great. And actually, I was going to say, Sue, that was such an important point that you made about making sure you know where the money is coming from and who's backing those questions. And I just want everyone who's listening to know that we have a full sort of guide right. that explains all of that on our website, NBCBoston.com. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is some really important information to know before you go to the ballot box. Uh, and then now we'll move on to the national stories that we're paying attention to. Allison, what are you looking at right now? <laughs> well, we have the same one, actually. Oh, good. I kind of had a little, we conspiratorially got together, but we both had the same <laughs> one in mind. The Herschel Walker U.S. Senate race, um, Raphael yeah. Warnock in uh, Georgia is just so intriguing to me. I, you know, it's kind of mind boggling to me what, you know, has come out about that. Um, and the degree to which some, you know, Republicans are, are sticking by Herschel Walker in a way. I'm just, I'm just surprised. I don't think that would ever fly in Massachusetts. I don't, you know, um, but it, it's obviously a testament to the, you know, the, the concern of trying to keep the Senate um, or trying to flip the Senate from Democrat to Republican and the, the Republicans, I think, would just you could put anybody in that seat and they would just get behind them at this point because it's about the power in the Senate. I mean, it's a huge there's so much at stake. It's crazy. But what's come out about Herschel Walker and his paying for abortions in the past and some of the um, actual, you know, evidence that there is to, to back up the claims and, you know, whether it's true or not, he's denying it, um, of course. And so, you know, Maybe it's not true, but it just, it, there's just so much swirling around there that mm -hmm. I glued to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, to underscore that, you know, the, the Senate is split 50-50 right now, 50 Democrats, 50 Republicans with Vice President Kamala Harris as the swing vote. So, you know, this is a very, very, every single Senate race is very, very important for each party because um, the Senate, if the Senate flips, there's some belief that the House will go from being democratically controlled to Republican controlled. I'm actually, um, don't believe that's going to happen. I think that the Democrats are going to actually hang on to that. That's not 
not a popular opinion. And I think that the Democrats will hold on to the Senate. But if that changes, then all of Biden's administration, which usually happens, it's called the midterm because it happens in the middle of the president's term and whoever the president is, their party usually loses power halfway through their term. So it would be rare if the Democrats keep the power, but it also indicates how the president will implement the rest of his agenda. Now, the Herschel Walker thing is fascinating because um, he's up against Raphael Warnock, who uh, became a senator in a special election the year that Biden won the presidency. So he's only been a senator for two years. By the skin of his teeth. Yeah, just by a, by a few a few thousand votes, if I recall correctly. Um, and I'm looking at this as almost like a microcosm for a Trump um, re-election campaign, because many voters will tell you they voted for Trump, even though they wouldn't leave, this, these are my words, not theirs, they wouldn't leave their wife or their daughter alone in a room with Trump, but they voted for him because they believed he would enact the agenda items that they care. You have Herschel Walker, who has been is, is vehemently anti-abortion. I mean, to the total, total extreme anti-abortion, being accused of, um, of of paying for a girlfriend's abortion while he was married to another woman and having all these other issues, violence in his past, uh, children uh, out of wedlock, which is not a big deal, except he hasn't, he didn't let people know that they existed. So there's a family values issue, if that's the kind of voter that you are. And at the same time, you have Republicans blatantly coming out and saying the quiet part out loud, we don't care, we have to get control of the Senate. We don't care what he did. And you've got major names coming to campaign for him tomorrow. So are the Republicans going to say, we don't care what kind of candidate we have. We don't care if the candidate lives the values of our party, whatever that may be. We just care about keeping control, getting control of the political power. And if the answer, if if he wins, then there's, there's a, 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 I think, a case to be made here that um, Donald Trump could run again, even though he has, you know, a number of criminal and civil complaints against him. He's been accused by over 20 women of sexual assault, harassment, or rape in some cases. Will they line up and just vote for him? And that always, Mary, is the, the lesson to me for the Democrats who are sometimes quick to say, nope, I'm not going to back that candidate because they don't pass this test. Yeah. But the Republicans on this side are saying, he's our man. Yeah, you know, it's fascinating to me to think about how much people, how much people, how much stock people put in uh, a political candidate's personal moral values in their life, uh, you know, outside of politics, and and how much that weighs into wh whether or not they think that they can do uh, a morally sound and a good job. When, well, for know, me, it's just do they match, right? Yeah. To me, that's the issue. Well, that's true if, too, if, right. if you're going to say that I am against abortion, then don't pay for abortions. Right. If you're going to say I'm against uh, same sex marriage, then don't be a straight married man having affairs with gay men. Right. You know, this is I mean, it's it's does it match? Right. Uh, and that's the that's the challenge, I think, that many Republicans, I mean, Democrats have it, too, sometimes. But, you know, are, are you going to vote for a candidate whose values, personal values are against the platform they're running on? Right. Right. Anything else important for us to know that that I didn't ask you guys? You know, just on a national level, another story that I, I'm following, you know, which so many of us are, the January 6th commission hearings, which yeah. there's one again this week, I believe it's thir Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday. Um, and, you know, I kind of thought, oh, we've heard everything when these, you know, going back months, we've heard everything about this now. There's not a whole lot more that could come out and still be interested. Well, I think, in fact, 
a ton more is coming out. And um, it's, you know, I, I encourage everybody to tune into those hearings, no matter what side of the aisle you're on or whatever. They're just, uh, I find, very enlightening and that they're doing a very good job of moving them along and getting mm -hmm. that information out there. Yeah, we're likely to hear um, testimony from Supreme Court Justices Clarence Thomas's wife, Ginny Thomas. Uh, we are likely to see movie clips from uh, Trump ally Roger Stone from this documentary that was alluded to earlier. So um, it'll be interesting to see. This is, I'm, I'm pretty sure, Allison, uh, this will be the, the last hearing before the midterms. Um, and then they will have to come to some, the committee to some conclusion if there are actual, actionable items that they have come away with or they're just gonna leave it up to the Justice Department. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much. It's been great having you on. We're going to be coming out with this show again twice a week. So on Thursday morning, please tune in. We're going to have all the analysis after the debate. And um, and then we'll meet again next Monday. So thank you so much. Thank well, you. Good thanks, to see Larry. you. Bye. Bye.